Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. It's that moment when you make a Vulcan laugh that you know that shit was funny. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> or anyone. No, I have to show you the thing on Facebook. So uh, so the whole deal, Axanar, right, and, and Justin Lin – and yeah, you know, we're going to, we're going to roll in Justin and JJ and we're going to talk to Paramount and we're going to just chill this whole thing out. Right. So they were talking about that. And, uh, and I posted in their thread, I was like, so what about the rumor that the rescue was done with the stipulation that Axanar includes at least one sweet motorcycle jump and a car parachuting from a plane? Cause if Justin didn't make you agree to that, he's really missing an opportunity. And, uh, Gary Graham, the guy that plays Sovak in the, movie and he's been in a bunch of he was on uh alienation on enterprise well he was yeah alienation but he was also in uh on enterprise he was the vulcan ambassador there like right from the get-go wasn't that the same guy um and he's been in a bunch oh. of fan film stuff and and that but he's in axonar he's the vulcan that's narrating right stuff right and uh yeah so and it's it's funny, like him and Richard Hatch, like I can somewhat get them confused sometimes, like just from a still or whatever. So and it's like, Richard oh come Hatch on, Richard Hatch is Richard Hatch is way prettier. Come on. Oh my god. I don't know about prettier, but Richard Hatch, I think, definitely is bulkier. If that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, but but I'm just I'm I'm just saying they they There's both like have more of him. <laughs> they they have that um, more of him to love. Oh Jesus. my god. I God. <laughs> that's anyway, what I do. Anyway. Crossing lines. That's what I do. Mm. So, um, yeah. So Gary Graham replied back to that. And, oh wow! And was laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and he was oh, like, great. "That was." He was like, "Dude, that was perfect." And oh yeah, I've, I've been a fan. And of I replied his ever back. Since... I was like, "Any day I make a Vulcan laugh." <laughs> <laughs> I, I have been a fan of his since Alien Nation, and that show was amazing. You guys. If anyone remembers it, it was so good. Also joining us is your co-host Hunter. Yeah, guys, that's me. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Don't have anything. Don't have anything witty whatsoever. So I'm just gonna play it off. You have a projection setup. It's oh yeah, no, that was uh, I. I was like, you know, I just got here like ten minutes ago. Uh, I got my projector finally mounted uh, in my living room in a sweet spot so that all the cords and cables and everything are up and out of the way. So, like, you walk in the living room, it's nice and clean, you can sit down, turn on the old projector, turn on the shield console, play games, watch movies, do the whole thing. And it takes up the whole damn wall. Uh, it's actually set on the smallest setting. So, like, the screen's at the smallest it can go, and it still fills the wall. And so uh, I took it upon myself to turn it all the way up, and it's just like it's on bookcases. It's halfway over the door, and <laughs> so uh, it's a pretty sweet setup. So that sounds like something you definitely want to fall asleep in front of. Yeah, it's like having your own private movie theater. It's quite nice. Highly recommend it. And my friends, we have a guest all the way from. Am I remembering correctly, Melbourne, Australia? That is correct. Yes. I thought I remembered that right. Joining us from Melbourne, Australia, the developer at Fluffy Kitten Studios, James Hicks. Hello. James, welcome back. It's been a little over two years since you were here last. It's I was saying this on Twitter. It's weird that we've been doing this long enough that now we have return guests like somewhat regularly. It's kind of interesting. But welcome back. 
Thank you. Thank you. And before, and we are here to talk about your now out of early access game, Ascent, the space game. But before we jump into that, let's talk about some other games we've been playing. James, since you're our guest, uh, get, hit us with a game or two that you've been playing lately, besides yours, obviously. <laughs> yes, besides playing Ascent in 30-second playtesting bursts, um, um, I've been playing a bit of Dwarf Fortress re- recently, just messing around again with that. They've got a new release. Um, that's an amazing game and a terrible game. <laughs> it's a complete nightmare to play. <laughs> Yeah, no, I hear you. I've I've um I've tried playing that a couple times. Tried. Yeah, basically, don't go near it without what they call the lazy noob pack, which gives you a whole bunch of things that, um, basically interface elements the game doesn't come with, uh, that other people third parties have written. Fixes a lot of stuff up, makes it a lot more playable, a little bit more understandable. <laughs> Yeah, there's um there's a game coming out soon called Soul Trader, which is striving to be like the Dwarf Fortress in space, but with a much more digestible interface, let's say. <laughs> that wouldn't be too difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you've been playing, Dwarf Fortress? Yeah, crazy a bit of thing. that. Yeah, no, I was back in uh, The Sims 3, actually, as well, a little while ago, um, just messing, out with, messing around with a couple of... Um, story progression mods that make it a little bit more like sim city <laughs> it was kind of a strange wait experience. wait 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 what yeah so uh, sims 3 it, it simulates your sims very uh well very basically and anyone you're not looking at in a household that you're not that isn't your active household is basically shut down idling in their house and people have written AI mods that wake them up again and have them wandering around town doing stuff, and it makes the whole place a lot more alive. It was quite interesting. Um, I don't know if I've learned anything applicable to Ascent, but maybe for a future game. It was, yeah, interesting experience. Wow, that sounds crazy. I don't know if it would get me to play The Sims again. I haven't played The Sims since the original. <laughs> um, yeah, can't really comment on the original. It's too long ago, but yeah, the... Three was it's probably its peak for me. I haven't I haven't got four. I haven't heard enough good stuff about it basically to get it. It'll be on sale soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> so so Jim, what about you? What have you been playing lately? Um I can't even remember. There's so many. Yeah. We've been dabbling uh, a lot. Yeah, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of dabble. There's um there is a failed attempt with um uh what the heck was that the the thing from gearbox that we tried and bounced off of oh uh the the borderlands Battle, uh, battleborn battleborn yeah, uh, yeah that yeah. did not tickle my fancy at like all. at at first it was definitely interesting i'll i'll agree to that but then like after you play it for a little while you're like hmm i've i've already played this game i'm not interested anymore yeah, oh, that's I've been, I've been playing a lot of running with rifles, um, <laughs> which has rifles and running in it. Did you see the um, zombie mod for that? That really running I, I with saw the dead. It, but I haven't. I haven't installed any of the mods or anything. I um, installed it, but I haven't tried it yet. But it looks amazing. I was uh, playing a little bit of Ashes of the Singularity and trying to get my head around that and uh, like what the good and the bad of of what's going on there. I kind of see what they were doing. Um, it, it's difficult 
to uh, to tell like the composition of units that you have, right? Um, where like whenever you play like Supreme Commander, Total Annihilation kind of thing, uh, I would tend to separate my units into like okay here's my gunships on a hotkey and then here's all you know I, I would keep them in silos right of a particular unit and ashes is more like you build combined arms and you just drop them in a lump right and then you say okay this is an army and when you build new units if you put the spawn point for the new units as the army they immediately just run out and join that army that's interesting um yeah it's they, they made some interesting choices there uh, they, they've done some stuff that's weird though. Like you could be engaged in combat and if you select some other guys and then like break the army and reform it to get them in, the army will actually try to meet in the center geographically, which means that your frontline guys will pull back and, and they try to like glom together in the center and, and it's like, Ooh, don't do that. So I, I learned real quick, like get your guys to the front line and then do that trick, but don't do it in the middle of combat when they're clear across the map or bad, bad things happen. So I haven't played it since a very early beta, but on three moves ahead, they compared it to like Supreme commander mixed with Kohan. Would that be an accurate description? I haven't played Kohan in a long time, but I'll, I'll tell you what this is a lot like. Um, it's like Supreme Commander when you zoom out and it goes from being a tactical game to a strategy game. It's more like that. So where you're not down there looking at individual units and watching them fight and stuff. It's just kind of like, I, I know that I made, you know, like one tank, one anti-aircraft, one shield guy, and two medics. And then I just repeat that, right? And that's like my, my, my combo for whatever army I'm building. So I know that that army is going to be combined arms of that stuff. And then I just build as many as I, and then I say, okay, that's enough. I think it's a big enough pile. And then I send them, you know, where they're going, but the units move very slowly. Right. And, and if uh, the ultimate unit that you get is this dreadnought, which is like, it sounds like a just real big juggernaut of a unit. Um, it's, it's basically a mobile base, right? Like in, uh, in, in homeworld, right? It would be like the mothership kind of thing. So, so that thing moves at a snail pace. And when you move it somewhere into combat, they're good for defense, right? Because you can have it at your home base and, and it's like, come at me. Um, but if you send it somewhere, then you've committed, Right, and and it'll get halfway somewhere, and they roll up in your base, and it's not like you're going to turn that thing around and go defend with it. And they take a long time to make too. Um, But the AI sometimes the AI is not as aggressive as it could be. Uh, I think if I was playing against another human, then the human would be harassing me a lot more. And the the AI for their enemies here, at least on normal, um, doesn't do a lot of harassment. It's just. uh, you know they're they're building up and then they're going to come, sort of thing. Or they're they're capturing territories and whatnot. But um, the resource stuff in that game is very interesting too because it's all chained together like physical lines across the map. And if you break a line by taking a base, then you could own like the rest of the map. But if they break the line that connects it back to your home city, then you get none of those resources until you reestablish that link. So oh, that's kind of like neat. a circuit thing yeah um the the thing that i find most fascinating about it is it's a post-humanity where humans have uploaded themselves into to ai consciousness right so that's there's not a human being in the game 
it's all it, it's basically like this is the AI construct that is you know humanity or whatever, and and you know it's just I, they they have conversations with each other and stuff, but it's it's just kind of like you know voices in a head <laughs> that doesn't exist, right? Um, but then you think about all, like all the units, they're I don't think that that's you know the units are actually like individual personas or, or whatever. It's just like, here's a bunch of robots and then we're going to sit back here at the base and, you know, order our robots to go out. So it's like drone combat more so. Um, and then the enemy that you run into is kind of that too, but it's almost like an alien singularity. So at least as far as I am in the story, which isn't real far, because I played a lot of skirmish stuff trying to get my head around it. But yeah, so there's that. Um, and then uh, messed with sub-level zero a little bit. That's pretty cool. That's uh, a good game, yeah. So the the developer whose name I can't remember, he he hangs out in the Fists of Heaven chat, uh, which is another Slack channel that I'm in. The Fists of Heaven guys are are pretty cool, by the way. You should come hang with them. Um, the uh, they're getting a lot of developers hanging out in their chat as well, and uh, you know it's just fun conversation over there. Um, but they they actually stream opposite days of us, so they they try to do a Wednesday night and a Sunday night. And yeah, I've, the, I've seen they actually streams. they actually drive, right? Like he'll wherever they're at. Um, but the one one group of them drives over to the other guy's house, and they do the stream like with three people, but they're all in the same house doing it, um, which is interesting. So that that's like that would be like Hunter driving up here twice a week, which would be <laughs> oh jeez wear thin really quick. Yeah, I, think. I don't know about that. I could you yeah. know to be honest with you, I could see once a month, but you know. Yeah, yeah, so, that, that 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 would be rough doing trying to yeah. do that all the time. So yeah, and you'd have um, to put pants on. I I can see it. Down right, there. right. Oh, you mean that? You have to put pants on. Well, yeah, some is not a pants optional household. That's that's for sure. <laughs> Even the chickens would wear pants for. Yeah. Oh yeah, chicken news. I got uh, what twenty five of the chicks. I've had like six of them die so far, just because you know. When you ship chicks from Missouri, they generally there's an attrition rate. So there's there's some of them that just didn't make it. Um, but everybody that's left seems very happy out there, and they're like running around like bugs and you know doing their thing. Um, but uh, yeah, let, let's see what other other stuff. So we, we got a hold of Space Pirates and Zombies too, which is great. I need which to put great. more time into that. Um, and then. So I was the the reason I was, I bring up the fists of heaven thing is I was talking to the developer of sub level zero in there, and he said, "Hey, did you check out this game Overload?" And I, no, I never heard of it. And he's like, "Oh yeah, you got to check this out." And uh, you go on Steam, and there's a demo for it, right? And it's a it's another six degrees of freedom descent clone. And I downloaded the demo, and it just blew my mind. I I spent hours playing this demo, and it's it's just. Oh my god, it's gorgeous. I, I've not seen a Descent clone look that damn good. And I, you know, if, if he put that game out today and, you know, it was a complete game and whatnot and said, yeah, it's $100, I'd be like, okay. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that thing. I was, I was shocked. I, I haven't seen a, a game like pre-alpha that looks anything like that. And it's not all just a pretty face either, right? Like the gameplay is ultra smooth. And it's challenging enough that it makes me sweat a little bit. And uh, the enemies are there's there's one enemy in there that's got like saw blade hands, 
and it'll like basically put its two saw blades together and then it like rocket boosts at you. Um, and that's something that I just never, I never get accustomed to having happen, especially if they come out of like a dark corner and do it, uh, makes me jump. So, and, and you really don't want to get hit with the, with the saw blades. It's kind of visceral, right? Like it, you know, the sound and the, and the graphics of it and everything is, and it knocks your ship around pretty hard. So you kind of feel it a little bit. So it, it feels like they're, they're doing a lot more damage probably than what they are, but, uh, the game is not shy about killing you. That's for sure. But yeah, it's a it's a good time, and it's a demo up on Steam. So I would I would encourage everyone, uh, don't don't leave now, but wait till after the show, and then we we'll get it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, so Hunter, what are you playing? Uh, recently I've been playing a uh, shocking amount of Star Trek Online. Um, I don't know why. I know like uh, I was trying. I've been playing it with Jim, and Jim Jim's thrown in the towel. He's done. But I um, installed it. That's what Jim did. Oh no! <laughs> um, I, I rage quit so hard that it blew it off my hard drive. That's that's how. Hard so and and there's, and there's and there's some there's some understanding behind there, and I and I get the understanding. I guess since I I've already like gone to the point past where the frustration is, uh, I'm now like in the late game stuff, which is way more entertaining than the early game stuff. Where's the it's frustration? Kind of, Sorry, out of out of interest, because I, I I played uh, Star Trek Online and I I mostly loved it. Well, well so like, the frustration lies in the fact that there's like a really bad uh ground mission mechanic. Um yes. and so like dealing with that alone where you it's it's quite literally a puzzle game. More so actually I, I take that back. The ground stuff is like playing mist, okay? So with oh, with no. a first, with a third person shooter element, it right? Is. And then the and then the UI is so bad. Oh, it's so, so bad. The redeeming and, quality of the ground stuff is the third person shooter aspect, but like then all of a sudden you have to get to a terminal and you have to like solve a whole bunch of like math equations and you're like, "What? I I don't want to RP this hard Star Trek online. Like I want to <laughs> I want to feel like I'm in Star Trek, but Jesus, I don't want to be like quick the war course going to blow up. Solve all these equations and dude, blah blah it's blah. A, it's a game that you have to play with the wiki open on the other side of the screen. And it's just like, oh, God, I got a ground mission. All right, what do I have to do? And, and then you're reading the walkthrough, right? You're just trying to get through it. It's not like you're enjoying that content at all. It's just like that is the price of admission to the pretty cool space stuff. And yeah. it just it wore me out. I was just like, oh, my God. Because I, I got in this thing where you're, like, fighting ghosts. And, and it's like, oh, oh, no. I, I love quit. that mission because it was so scary. <laughs> yeah, if, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it was absolutely well, the, terrifying at well, times because the they come out of nowhere. Yeah, well, the problem was that Hunter was off doing whatever he was doing, the high-level stuff, right? And I didn't want to be like, well, come back here you know, to Lobby Land yeah. and help me collect rat tails. So uh, I'm there doing that, and, and it's just like – and the, the combat, the ground combat stuff is just completely not interesting at all. And, you know, because it's it's turn-based, real-time combat stuff. But everything's on cooldown timers, and it's like, oh, I shot a burst out of my machine gun, and then I stand here for ten seconds while the thing beats me. It's not I, very I, Star Trek. That was the one no, I found. No, not at the, all. The ground, that, there's nothing Star Trek-y about it. A bit of the flavor when they got to some of the puzzles, but the actual combat, it's not, not Star Trek-y at all. No, Right, because you, you walk in a room, and it's like, 
well, here's 10 Klingons. Kill them all. Okay. Yeah. Rainbow you know, and, trick. Again and again and again. Yeah. So, so it's, it's just like, it's tedious as shit. You know, if, if there was something meaningful to it, you know, like in Star Trek, if they, if they kill somebody, it's like, there's some meaning to that, right? Like, oh man, we had to kill somebody, you know, but here it's just like, it's like Grand Theft Auto, man, levels of massacre that's going on. It's like Prime Directive, what? So, but at least in the space stuff, you know, it's like, hey, they're shooting at us, we got to shoot back, right? Right. But, so the space stuff is where that game really does shine, and it's unfortunate that your your entry, like, because early on, one of the low level things is this uh, sequence of six missions that you have to do called the Wasteland, where essentially you go out to um, what is it from Star Trek Five? Um, the, the was it like the the city of galactic peace or whatever planet of galactic peace? Oh on. yeah, Wait, that's in the game. Yeah, so you have to so you have to go there, right? And um, Nimbus three, Nimbus three. So you have to go to Nimbus three and do like all this ground mission stuff. And it's like two and a half hours of just ground mission grinding, and it, it it's just like okay, as soon as it's done, I'm never doing this again. Uh, you know, <laughs> but um. Once once you get past like the early level stuff, once you get to like level I want to say like between 20 and 35, um roughly in that range, once you get past that, like the game really opens up and it's more it's way more interesting. So but since I'm at that point, the game's been quite addictive and I've been playing that. On 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 the other hand, I've also been playing um Space Engineers from time to time still and uh really haven't had much time other than that we did try the um we did try what you call it we were talking about it earlier um and that game just was i I felt like i felt like borderlands was already available to me and i was gonna enjoy borderlands way more um battleborn battleborn yeah but Battleborn, the thing with Battleborn is, is like I, I look at all the games that I've already got that are first-person shooters, right? That I've yet to actually complete. You know, you know, I, I look at any any of the um, Skyrim games. I have never actually completed those. I've I've got uh, all of the Fallout games. I've yet to actually finish them to the very end. I've gotten close, but never actually like hit the completion mark. You know, I've got Dishonored, I've got all of the Bioshock games, and I've yet to beat any of those. Even though I've played the majority of them almost all the way to the end, I've yet to beat any of that. And here I am buying Battleborn, and I'm thinking to myself, "There's, I'm never going to finish this game. <sighs> so, return. Well, Battleborn, Battleborn, the whole time I was playing it, I was thinking, like, we ought to be playing Borderlands. Because yeah, I got a lot of Borderlands to play. Yeah, that's exactly what was going through my mind. I, and I felt like I think I felt like Borderlands Two was more interesting. Um, the only thing I think the only thing that cap captivated me about Battleborn was is their story they were trying to tell, which they are also telling through like anime short films and stuff like that. Which you know that's what YouTube's for. So if I ever want to like go and watch those, I can just go watch them on YouTube. And I guess they're trying to do the same thing with Overwatch. And to be honest with you, Overwatch, I've I've been I've played it. I played a little bit of the beta. I I didn't buy into it because it felt too much like Team Fortress 2.0. Um, and it's a better Team Fortress game. I would I would venture to almost say, 
but at the same time, it's also Team Fortress 2. So, again, I'm not really that interested. Um, yeah, and the, the other thing about it is, if we pick it up in a few months, because, come on, it's a Blizzard game. 20 years from now, people are still going to be playing it, right? So I, I, I think like it's not one of those games where, oh, I'm late to the party, I have to grab it early. So I can I can wait for it to finish cooking. And not not that Blizzard has ever put anything out the door that was kind of half-assed, right? Like they they keep things internal until they're happy with it. And yeah, well let's well let's clarify that though for a second. So both Overwatch and Battleborn aren't bad games, right? Like they're 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 really well done. They look really good, especially on the PC. But they're both they're both uh. Very niche, in my opinion. Yeah, I was just like, I I just don't need this in my life right now. But someday, I'll circle back, and it'll probably be cheaper, and it'll probably have more content. So, yeah. Because, you know, then there's Evolve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Evolve. Mm. You know what? Uh, I'm staring at the icon on my desktop right now. I reinstalled Evolve. And and I intend to play it with bots. I guess. When, when did that when did that game come out? Uh, two years ago, something like yeah, that. I think it was about two years ago. Yeah. How expensive is the game still? It's like Call they, of Duty. They haven't man. they haven't moved on the price at all. It's ridiculous, dude. Like, Call, I of think, Duty, it, Bla- Call of Duty I think... One is nineteen dollars on like the one from like two thousand. <laughs> it's still nineteen dollars. Like so that's that's that. just crazy. Like they they're I mean. They're really proud of their Call of Duty games, like pretty pretty hardcore. Where, oh, is it Black Ops and Black Ops Two are still like forty and fifty bucks or something like that? Like, what the hell? Yeah. Well, th- those games though, they have a pretty solid single player as well. So it's not just the multiplayer. But I fired up multiplayer, and it's still got a heavy population. Like, no problem finding a match whatsoever. It was quick, and uh, like Modern Warfare Two reloaded that because because i was having a discussion with somebody and, and it was just like yeah modern warfare or his gauge um modern warfare 2 is where he quit because he was just like yeah he, he messed with three didn't didn't feel it and then like the newer stuff just didn't do it for him right we were, we were talking about the new uh like call of duty space warfare or whatever the hell they're calling it which i cannot wait for infinity uh, in, 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 in it's not Infinity, it's Infinite Warfare, but it's made yeah. by Infinity Ward, so it's kind of confusing. It's Infinity Wardfare. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So meta. It's like an actor being in a movie and his name is Mark and his character in the movie is also named Mark. Something like that, you know? That's what that reminds me of anyway. Yeah, but spelled with a with a C, not a I know. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, yeah, that's uh that's what I've been playing and uh I'm looking to play something else down the road soon. Um by the way, just a quick shout out guys, go check out uh Dual Universe. It's a game that's gonna get released in Alpha next year. You guys should go check it out. Just saying. Duelthegame.com. Well on my end, I just got for real cheap Total War Attila. Um because, you know, I'm not going to get Total War Warhammer until a year or two after it's out. That's my thing with Total War games. I get them maybe a year or two after they're out, so they've been patched and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I got Total War Attila, and I started playing that. And I'm kind of excited because I like the that they add the kind of Crusader Kings kind of family element to it. 
you know, I'm not I'm not very far in, but I, I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing already. And besides that, all I've been playing really when I have time is Dead Effect Two, which is hard. Really, it's amazing. Well, it's why don't so we play great. It? It's so great. Well, yeah, Jim and I also have Attila. I have Dead Effect too. I've been waiting on somebody to play it with. Now I know. Oh, uh, well, to get into the co-op, you have to finish the single, like mission two of the single player, to open the map. Yeah. That's cool. I'll burn through and, that. And then once you do that, you can play. You can play all the single missions, I think, in co-op. Plus, there are side missions you can do, and you can change like the difficulty and everything for it. It's so fun because, like, I it's. Apparently it was a tablet game, but I don't see how because the amount of zombies they put on the screen is ridiculous at some points. Like you'll throw a grenade in a pile of zombies and like there's just blood everywhere. And it's amazing. I, I tried to get you to play space zombie games for how long? And and hey, now you run. This off game on your doesn't really game. have like jump scares. This is more an action like game. This is not like a jump scare game. That I can deal with. You know what I mean? I can deal with like, you know, run around, boom, boom, boom. That I can deal with kind of the creeping along kind of jump scare game. No, that's not my thing. But give me a game where I'm just running around, shoot, shoot, shooty, shooty. I can do that. Yeah, can oh, shoot, shoot, of, bang, 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 gun, jump gun, scares gun. and monster closets, doom. Redditat, bang, zoom, redditat, bang. Yeah, Hunter and I did play some doom. We need I hear doom is great in single player. It's it's really good in single player. It, it is, made an it excellent is. Yes, it is an excellent single-player game. And all of the Easter eggs in this game are so worth it. Like, I found the other day, uh, like, it's early on in the game, too. There's, like, a hidden switch that I, I did, and it opened up a door. And you walk into, not even kidding, like, 16-bit Doom 1, like, level. <laughs> That's and it's, like, it's like Episode 1, Map 1. It's straight, straight out of the original Doom, but like it's a 3D yeah, space. Yeah, the music changes that. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. And I was oh, like, dude, definitely. you guys are awesome. So they they pay like so much homage to like all of their old games that they've made, and especially Doom. So they they did the fan service well, as well as the gameplay service well. Like it's it's a it's a solid solid campaign. But, it, yeah. but this was made by Bethesda, right? Yeah, I think so. So the, but they, that they explains own, they own Eyed, though. I thought. Uh, okay, well, that explains why, then. Did you find yeah. the BFG? Uh, not yet. Oh, uh, okay. maybe it I goes, did. It goes fusroda whenever you shoot it. No, it and doesn't. It, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's got amazing blowback. Oh, okay. Well, uh, now that we've talked about what we're playing, let's talk about the game we're here to talk about, our main topic tonight, Ascent the Space Game. Now, James, this is not your first time... On the show, we want to welcome you back. You were here a little over two years ago in episode 51. So yeah, for those, was, when so he for was those here, keeping track, that was 106 episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, when he was here, he had uh, a ship that was the turtle, and he had a planet. And I think that's what we had. <laughs> but by God, we liked it. That was because... a bit more than that, but not a hell of a lot, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, trying to think back what's changed in the last two years. Say again, I'm sorry? Um, I'm trying to think back as to what uh, everything that's been developed in that well, time. It's been it was, huge. Yeah, I mean, back then it was still, uh, I believe it had just become a uh, Desora game. <laughs> Remember Desora? I think it had just become like a standalone executionable around then. Like it was yeah. a browser game first. 
And then you made an executionable version that was on Sora. And then it eventually, since then, it came to Steam. Yeah. You know. we've, we've been on in early access on Steam for 12 months. And we've just come out. So, yeah, released for real, finally. Congratulations and at the same on that. Time, I've only just killed off the uh, web client um, to much rejoicing. Uh, that, that was, it had gotten so hard to maintain a working web client for it at the same time. And we've just gone to Unity 5 from Unity 4 and basically taking the web client version through that migration, it was just never going to happen. So we, we finally dropped it. Was that kind of sad, turning off the web client? Because that's kind of where it started, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I do definitely have mixed feelings about it. And if I, if I could have somehow maintained it in a reasonable way, I, I probably would have because we did have a bunch of players who found us on the web and really weren't traditional MMO players and then suddenly sense their f- the first MMO they've got into and they've sort of fell into it while they were looking for web games or what have you. And that was a really interesting uh, demographic to be, you know, talking to and interacting with in-game. I-, I found that really interesting and new. And it also let me prototype things very, very quickly. Our record for a feature from request to up and running and in front of players is under 20 minutes. It was a mouse control variant, and I was able to patch the game in that period of time. And you, you just cannot do anything like that with Steam. You know, not that Steam's a bad platform. It's wonderful for a, a PC build game. But the web just gives you a huge amount of flexibility that is now lost for sure. But it was a pain to maintain, and it... Um, Unity have dropped support for that plugin. All the browsers have dropped support for that kind of plugin, and it was just, yeah, it just wasn't working anymore. Aside from the fact that it had become, at a minimum, a 300 megabyte download within your web browser just to play it, which makes it really quite not really viable anymore. Were, were people still playing it up till when you shut it down? Were people still right using the web until- version? Yes, they were right up until the day I shut it down. Really? And there were a few. Yes, there were definitely. There were a few people who were a bit sad, and you know, I, I believe most of those have just gone and got it on Steam and are probably wondering why they didn't do that before, because <laughs> um, it is quite, quite different. Yeah, it's a big jump. Now, re- remind me, are you exclusively Steam now? Is is the game on exclusively on Steam, or is there no. like a D- DRM free version? I'm not entirely sure about that. <laughs> it is uh, it is currently available only via Steam at the moment, but there's no DRM involved. We do have a lot of players who aren't huge fans of Steam and only load Steam to update the game. So, and <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> and you can. What's wrong um, with those people? Are they Luddites yeah, or something? You always get in any population. You get there's something like one in. 20 people hate Steam, and I've never been able to figure out why, because it's wonderful. Oh, in general. Those are actually what? the same people that think the Earth is flat, and we know... No, I, know I know some people uh, online who will only get games via, like, GOG and stuff because they hate Steam. I don't understand it either. I mean, it, it is DRM, and some people are so an- seem to be so anti-DRM that they don't even want Steam. monopoly as well. It's, but, yeah, which is fair, but there's a reason it's so dominant. is because it's a solid... It's excellent. Yeah, it's a solid <laughs> yeah. distribution platform that, for most developers, seems to be very beneficial. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I do. I do value GOG though, in that they curate things. Still, 
they don't let a bunch of junk on their platform. So if I want to just go see stuff that is assured to be good, it's over there. Uh, Steam is like drinking from a fire hose. It's like every day there's like 50 new games. And the of course, the vast majority of that is uh, Shower With Your Dad or the Tentacle Dating Simulator or God knows what, right? <laughs> It's a real thing. Those sound great. What, what do you say? Yeah, there's exactly. that there's that game that lets you date anime girls who happen to be battleships. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Or tanks? Oh, or no, something no. Like that? They're tanks. They're tanks. tanks? Yeah, okay. But I think there is one with battleships also that just might not be on Steam. But yeah, that exists. Of course oh there God. is. <laughs> it's the internet. Um, and that's, what I, that's why I love the internet. Because it has allowed such an explosion of human stupidity for entertainment reasons. Like, it, it is the most amazing self-entertainment thing where we just entertain ourselves and, and our buddies, right? And then the whole world gets to, to watch that conversation. So I think that that's, that's the cool part. Um, the rest of it's the bad part. But, you know, the funny stuff's the good part. So anyway, uh, so, I, I picked up Ascent again. Because I, I played it for a little bit and got through some of the tutorial stuff, but I, I just, I, I don't know, I, it was around the same time that Elite came out, and, and I just <laughs> wasn't really feeling it. Because you don't so much fly the ship as, as you autopilot around kind of thing. It's, it feels a little more Eve to me. Although you can go manual. and Yeah, and, and, and have to for a lot of content. So combat, um, trying to combat on autopilot's probably going to get you killed. And um, asteroid mining, gas giant harvesting, salvaging, even um, even designing and building colonies and space stations, you really need manual control for that. But it starts okay, you so, off mostly so the, autopilot. Yeah. The content that I'm in, just to, for people who haven't played the game, um, whenever you start off, then you dock at a space station. Well, you, you do your tutorial down on the planet a little bit, and you know the the ship's AI teaches you how to fly. And then you get up to into space, and you dock at the station, and they say, okay, well, there's a there's people that need food. They're over there, so haul them ten units of food, which you know ten is how much cargo you can fit in that ship. So fly ten units of food over there. You'll get a monetary reward, and then you know, uh, fly this back over there. There's a lot of FedEx at the beginning, just teaching you like, here's how you get from place to place. And then, uh, eventually it's like, okay, now go minus some ore from an asteroid. And I kind of struggled at that. Now, the, the one thing that, that I'll say that is amazing is the community that you have. Um, because I was in the, in the chat there. We've been very just, lucky like, am, with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was just like, help. I am clueless. It wants me to mine these asteroids. I've flown out here. I see a bunch of asteroids. Um, can't mine them. And what am I supposed to do? And the, the one guy said, oh, yeah, if you hit this key, it turns on your night vision. And then you'll see. And the asteroids, the mineable ones, glowed like like neon green. And the <laughs> other ones stayed. Really? I was just like, oh. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. So oh. it was just like, oh, well, okay, now I can do this. And um, and then it put you know puts names over them so you know exactly what they are and, and stuff and it was just like okay that was transformative now now I'm not completely bewildered by this thing and it was you know thanks to the the guy in the in the help channel for that um, so I mined some stuff and and I'm finding like this this starter ship that I have is is like really too small to do anything so I'm, I'm trying to I, I planned a couple of farms down on the planet because they give you a deed and you can go down there and here's a blueprint for how to build a farm. 
all right, so I planned a couple of farms, which actually kind of builds them, but then in order for them to – because you get a heat map, right? Like where would your farm be most efficient? So you put it in the greenest spot, and then it's going to it's gonna do the best. So I put a couple of farms in the brightest green spots, and then it's like, now what do I need? Okay, well, you need like a 1,000 iron, and you need uh, <laughs> like X number of farm robots, and you need stuff, right? So, okay, where am I going to get this stuff? Well, I have to go up and probably run more missions or whatever because I'm penniless. So, uh, and I'm and I'm running a few more. And I got to the one where it was um, where you have to scoop oxygen by skimming a gas giant, which is a strange mechanic, by the way. Uh, so you're you're supposed to well, one thing when you fly the ship, when you fly it manually, the space bar fires the thrusters, and then whenever you let off of it, you drift. So it's not like you set a throttle or uh, I didn't find where I could actually just like lock the engines on and just say, just haul ass, keep going. So you got to hold the key down um, and shift space. If you're using keyboard control. Okay, great. Yep. See, thanks chat room. And <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so uh, the, the tool tip says get as far away from the planet as you can. And then just haul ass at the planet and run into it and try to hit it in the right color spot, which which for oxygen is like the darkest green because it's it's like a it's like a uh, a Uranus looking planet and it's got like a belt of dark green around the middle. So, yep. but I kept hitting it and well, first off, I was surprised that I didn't die. Um, <laughs> but but you know, I'm I'm stabbing myself into this planet as fast as I can go and uh, where like in elite. You know, you, you like get close, right? And you orbit around at at a certain altitude, and then you would scoop off of the sun. And I, I hope someday they actually let you do that off gas giants. It would be it would make them worth something. Um, but in here, you're actually like plunging down into it, and then it tells you like, oh, well, you can't process, you know, whatever you got. Like, oh, you can't you can't process this mixed hydrogen stuff. And it was like, well, I thought I hit it right on the darkest green spot. But it was kind of shifting under me as I was approaching it, even though I was aimed really well. So it, it was just kind of potluck. You know, it's like I did it about 10 times, and then it was like, hey, you got five oxygen. Congrats. Yay. So so that gave me enough money I could actually buy the next tier ship. And that's where I'm at right now is I've just bought this new ship. And, and it's like, okay, now what? So um, – and and it's you know it's going to be more of the tutorial missions where it leads me around I'm sure so so that's that's kind of where I'm at so where do we go from there right like uh, I, I assume I'm going to have yeah. this farm functional and then the, the the combat I have not even seen any combat yet so we, yeah so it, it branches out from the the tutorial missions you can basically you can follow them through religiously a lot of players do that or you can ignore them and a lot of players do that as well. Um, at least for a time, you do need them for some content. So that they are also well, the, the main storyline. So you have to progress through them if you want to see everything. Um, the combat, it starts in a, in a different system and it's locked away. So one of the principles we've tried to adhere to is that you don't, you don't encounter violence in ascent unless you seek it out, basically. Um, which might sound lame if you used to Eve Online, but we have a broader, I guess, a, a broader demographic in the player base. We have a lot of people who just don't enjoy that part, the, the violent side of games, and so the game's kind of se segregated out. Um, it, see, but, it feels almost yeah. like a space business sim to me. Like yeah, well, the industrial 
yeah, the industrial side of it is basically that um, as you go along. Although, uh, yeah, I mean, the business extends into colonization and politics. So, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I guess the idea there is that the depth is there, so that you can the more you play, the more you see. Um, but from look from there, eventually you get through to. Um, once those farms are working, they actually produce materials offline. And so you, you get some players, if you don't have a big time commitment, if you can't play quite a lot, I've had players progress quite a way through the game, playing it in 20 minutes a day, just, you know, picking up whatever they've produced and selling it. So, yeah, it's um, it branches out from there, basically. And eventually you get hold of a hyperdrive and you can start on the exploration side of things. And that leads to colonization, which is basically like that little land plot you start on, but massive. The largest colony anyone's built in the game is over 100,000 structures, <laughs> which has got to be some kind of record. Um, Holy crap, what? Yeah, 100,000, easy. Yeah, it was well over that when I did a count. So, so can you set up your own like despotism and uh, absolutely, like, yeah. torture so, your subjects? Well, you can't actually torture your subjects, but you can you can set laws. You can ban anything, basically, and it won't be allowed to be sold at that location. And if you appoint customs um, patrollers, they'll intercept any ship carrying it. Um, oh. Well, how can so, I come to your – like, I want to come to your city and you come to my city. Like, how do we do that? Like, I just know what planet it's on. Do I need an invitation or it's just there? So the instance ones, like the – um, the one you've been building, uh, another player can't visit that, but the colonies are in real space and you can visit those uh, just by showing up, basically. So um, colonies now have uh, stock markets, which are basically you know, a, a programmable offline market for any kind of cargo. You can sell it, Is you know. Well, sorry, when you say on. colony, do you mean like in space or colony on planet? Colonies on planet in space, okay. we call that a starbase. So, right. yeah, and we have those two. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think since we talked, we've, we've hugely, last two years ago, I mean, we've hugely expanded the colony game and the the exploration side of it. Explore, you can actually just make money purely by exploring now. Players can set bounties for certain kinds of planets that they're interested in, and as you collect data about planets, that'll pay off and you also get a base amount just for exploring to encourage that. And you can make a living out of that, especially early on. Um, recently we've added uh, gems. So there's also gem harvesting um, on planet surfaces and those sell for a huge amount, but they're hard to get hold of. So it's quite involved. Um, if you think gas giant harvesting, <laughs> it's hard to learn initially. Um, then yeah, it is. I've, I've tried yeah. it once or twice, and it is it is tricky. It's a lot trickier than asteroid mining. Yeah, and then the, uh, gems are a whole other level of complicated over the top of that. So, but they're more rewarding still. So there's there's a bit of a balance there. Um, as you develop with gas giant harvesting, though, I should say where it says you can't process this mixed gas, you can process it once you get a high enough skill in the in in gas giant harvesting. So. It does develop as you go along, opens up, opens up new doors, so to speak. Um, yeah, and the, in the outer systems, there are 270 billion star systems in the game, and and somewhere over a trillion planets. So we're never going to run out of space. Um, when you, if you're the first person to 
visit a given star system, it starts off named after you and you're always recorded as the discoverer. And players can only change the name of a star system once they've established a colony there. And that allows them to vote themselves in as the senator for that system. And that, that is a role that can change the name of the star system. Um, if you wanted to visit a colony that another player had, a lot of the time they'll be in systems that the players have built jump gates to. So you don't even need a hyperdrive to get there. You can actually traverse the, the existing uh, player-built jump gate network to get out there. And that's all visible on the map. You can see the click on the map. You can see the yeah. the um, the jump gates. Okay, yeah. I have another another newbie question while we're talking about jump gates, um, because in the, all the FedEx stuff that I have to do at the beginning here, I'm finding like, oh well, I have to go from here to somewhere else, and it's a couple of jumps, right? So I have to try to remember the route of how did I get there. Well, I had to go to series to get to. The other place to get to the third place is is there a way that i can just bookmark it and tell my autopilot like go over there and it'll make multiple jumps without me having to do it or no uh no not currently that is a requested feature um but it's not requested that often probably because you can get anywhere on the current gate network within a couple of jumps and i guess people initially think damn i wish i could queue these up and then a day later they're going hmm there's a lot of other things I'd rather have first. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yes, not in-game yet. But we'll probably do it. In fact, it's inevitable we'll do that. As to when, yeah, comes down to a question of timing. We do have a few questions from the chat room, if I may interject. Sure. First, can this game be played on, like, triple monitors? Um, I haven't tested it. On, on like an Ifinity across three monitors display, but I think I've seen a screenshot where another whether where a player's done it. It is it's built in Unity Five, which supports that. So I'm going to say should work. Yes, <laughs> I've I personally have taken it up to 3440 by 1440, and it works fine. Cool. I'm trying to find the other questions. The chat is very active tonight. You have some fans in here, James. Yep, yep, yep. I let them know that we'd be. Uh, broadcasting, so a few of them have probably jumped in. Apparently, uh, terraforming is coming soon. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. So the, <laughs> the players are actually um, the ones that are who are sort of at the end game, I guess you would call it, um, building gates and have a, having a massive empire and whatnot. They're they're probably champing at the bit for the next big feature, and that is going to be. Um, terraforming whereby players can actually build structures in their colonies that impact things like gravity and radiation hitting a planet. Um, that's coming very soon, as in the next couple of days that will go live. Um, I've been tied up with the last storyline quest where you get the blueprints to do that, and that's been far more time-consuming than we thought it would be because we're doing a bunch of new stuff. But I shouldn't shouldn't give away too much about that because it's going to be pretty interesting when the players finally jump into it. But yeah, uh, terraforming is coming and it's coming in the next couple of days that will go live. What about Thargoids? We're going to get some Thargoids. You can't have Thargoids in much the same way that I can't, um, I can't put anyone else's aliens in. I would never steal David Braben's aliens and put them in. We've got some of our own in though. So yeah, no, that's, it's just the, uh, (laughs) 
the, the concept. It, it's of just the... like every time, every time they do a Q and A, it's like Thargoids, where are they at? Where are they? So I just thought, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, there is actually a, an alien in the game, and you will you will see it at a certain point, but no one's seen it yet, and that's all I can say about that without giving anything important away. So I wanted to ask, since I, I'm still relatively a new player, and I run into the same. I'm going to be honest. I run into the same problem every time I'm playing it. I'll do a little mining. I'll do some missions. I maybe get some materials for my farm. And then I just kind of start getting overwhelmed. Like, what do I do next? Where do I go? What should I do? I mean, I, I, I get that this isn't, this is supposed to be this broad thing, but uh, for someone like, like me who needs maybe a little, like kind of a Skyrim type focus, I need a, I need a compass, Point of view, where to go next? Yeah, I, I guess I call that sandbox syndrome. Basically. Right, and and, and some some games do. I, I have a bit easier time than others with that. But I mean, what would you suggest a player like me in that situation, where like there's all these things I could do, I have no idea. Yeah, it's what just to total paradox of choice. It, it, like- it kind of is. Like, should is there like should I admit, is there a way I could like set a goal for myself? Like, I'm just, a, I like, like what maybe what would be a goal you might be able to suggest? Like, should I explore? Should I work on my colony? Like for a newer player, what maybe like, what's maybe one or two goals you might suggest that you, defi- they can focus on? Yeah. I would definitely say, um, get the next level ship up is always a, a good default goal. You got, you really can't go wrong doing that. Um, I would also say follow the storyline quests through because they do it's 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 like a railroad but eventually you'll find a feature that they sort of tour you through that you go wait a minute that's cool I'm going to go and do that and so you jump off the the train at that station and, and get involved and they yeah, take I... you through the whole colony game one step at a time to make it a little bit less overwhelming. Yeah, I might be past that, which because I'm not finding any others. All the missions I'm finding now are like, I need transport, I need farming robots. So I might be past that point. Okay, yeah. You might also be playing with an old account from two years ago as well, where you jumped through some of these things. I, yeah. I, I am playing with an old account from two years ago, and I wanted to, I wanted to, I have a beef with you, sir, about that. I just did a mission. <laughs> I just did a mission that I was given a year ago. Two days ago, I finished that mission that I was given a year ago, and I did not get the money for it, sir. Did you? Well, I think the cargo was late. <laughs> the starving children have died or grown up for a year. Well, uh, you know, I guess we'll log a bug for that. And <laughs> it's a bit of an edge case, but probably not really, because there are a lot of accounts out there that come back every couple of months and see where we've how we've progressed. I see that pattern a lot. I don't know. So I, I should I start a new? Should I start a new account? Then? No, no. Old accounts are definitely fine. The oldest accounts that were the oldest player accounts in the game are still in the game, still playing. Um, so our first player is still an active player, uh, wow. three years on. Yeah, that's awesome. That's still happening. Um, he's not as active as he used to be, but yeah, he still logs in every now and then and, and does stuff. Still maintains his empire. Um, yeah, so no, an old account is absolutely fine. All your old stuff's still there. The only thing that's happened is that you're probably further along the storyline quests than 
some of the quests that I've inserted in between, which you now can't see. So ones that, that guide you into, hey, now's a good time to upgrade your ship and and things like that. So we have we have tuned the storyline to make it a bit less bewildering and take you through, maybe give you a little bit more guidance because <laughs> previously it really did kind of dump you in the mix and probably still does to an extent. Probably an area we can keep developing. Um, but, yeah, look, once you've got a hyperdrive on one of your ships, you, you're pretty much ready to rock and roll and start exploring. And I would definitely say check that out. Absolutely do some exploration. I, look think, around. I, ju- I think I just got a hyperdrive, but I'm yeah. not, I don't remember. I'll have to look. That, yeah, that's where the old storyline quests kind of left off. And there we've, we've just been – we've added a new set. And this is on the industrial side, mind you. So there are combat storyline quests, which are in now as well. And I'll be flipping back to that quest line and adding the remainder – of the voice acted and um, combat quests once we've got terraforming live. Um, but yeah, there, there are new industrialist storyline quests. So those actually continue from where you left off. Um, so once you've made that first jump and you've, yeah, I probably shouldn't give away, give away the game. Um, but there's a, a, a very difficult um, salvage mission that a lot of players um, have been contacting me about because it's a bit, bit too difficult, perhaps in the in the storyline area there, and that you, that's probably where you're up to. If if not, you're probably just past that. <laughs> yeah, I think I might have done that. I think I did a let's play of this like a year ago, yeah. or maybe six to eight months ago, and I might have done that. Okay. And I think I might be past that point. Like right now, I've got a little colony with like an iron mine or something, or like a farm. And I think I've got a blueprint for one or two things, but yeah, I'm kind of, I kind of got lost and like time been like, I don't know what to do next. And so I stopped playing, which is my own fault. I admit it's my own fault, but um, yeah. So what would you suggest I do then out of curiosity, since I have you here and you're live and you have to answer me. Yeah, no, I would definitely say <laughs> um, check out exploration. See, have a look at, you know, flying around to planets and discovering new ones and getting paid for that. See if that catches your your interest. And if not, I would definitely have a good look at your your if it's a colony that you've established, you know, on, on a, one of the outer planets, then have a look at that because there's new things happening at them now. And if not, if it's an inner one like a you know, a Ceres or Vulcan or Apollo or one of those inner eight planets where you have the little plot, yeah, um, that's what I have. Of, yeah, yeah that's well, then that's not a colony yet. So, you, yeah, so I would definitely say check out the colony game because that's that's where you're up to, basically. Okay. So I also say, I, actually, I also, I'd go and have a look at um, Janus A. That's the star system with the combat missions in it. I would definitely say give them a shot. You might find you like that. Storyline combat missions are in now. So, worth doing. Sorry, I'm just writing that down so I yeah. can refer to it later. Because yeah, I mean, I there's a lot I like about this game, and just I got I got so confused at one point. I was like, where do I go next? So now that I have a better idea of what I should be focusing on, uh, that that's that probably be very helpful. Because I gotta tell you, one thing that baffled the hell out of me in the beginning game two years ago, I will say, was the UI. But yeah. you have done. A, a marvelous job 
Yeah, no, I can't take the credit for that. <laughs> I hired a UI expert to actually get in there and and do it right because okay, this well, is our they've done our a lot third UI <laughs> now. Yeah, because yeah. there's still some old UI elements in there here and there, but for the most part, the new UI is just it's just it's a lot. Yeah, so much nicer. Yeah, it looks nicer and it's a heap more intuitive. I, I think anyway. So yeah, you, you look at it and you know which button to press instead of the old one, which was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, look, one person can't be good at everything. So we have outsourced some things and we needed to get a bit of UI expertise in and that's what we did. So it is a lot better than new one. Now, someone in the chat, and I, I agree with this, uh, JT Krenz, suggested maybe missions that are more like, this colony needs this, go do that. Because like, I haven't seen that uh, in the mission screen. Might there be more of that coming? Because like, missions are like my livelihood in games like this. And, yeah. and so I, I could definitely use some more mission types. Is, is there any work being done on that? Um. So... Yeah, potentially. So one of the things that we've had on the a good idea we've had on the back burner for a long time is basically um, player made contracts where players set Ooh. things. Yeah. So you have an, a little bit of that. You can already go out and trade with other colonies at their at their other players' colonies, rather at their colonies and star bases. Um, but one of the things I wanted to at least explore was the the possibility for player made contracts that just slot straight into the existing contract system um, and just let them give you a rating like you're an Uber driver or whatever and, and vice versa. So you could rate the, um, the contract or, and that's, that's an idea that came to us at a conference from a Google employee actually came up and said, Hey, what you should do this. Um, and it's a great one. And that would extend out the contract missions game quite a bit um and yeah and it would tie in it would it would bring it would help bring newer players into the evolving story that the older players are experiencing as a group they have their own whole political empire thing going on and it would it would tie you into that a little bit more directly i think although you're already in it because you're trading back and forth don't realize it yeah, I think what I have to do then, I'm, I'll work on my little. Pl- I think that's what I'll do next is just work on my tiny little plot of uh, of land on was Ceres. I think yeah, the, the, yeah. the main little plot right there. Yeah, I think I'll work on building that out. There's eight planets um, you can get a little plot of land like that on, and if you do all of those, that sets you up really nicely for the rest of the industrialist game because they all produce. They produce each of the eight common types of raw materials that you need oh. to build pretty much everything else. Um, and so they're useful for that. And then it should direct you at some point, if it hasn't already, at some time in the last two years, directed you to buy a star base, an inner star base, we call that. And that's basically your personal home in space, and it's off Apollo. What? And no, it hasn't done that. How do I do I want to do that. It's around some. I think it's at the station at Apollo. I can't remember, but you need you need, a car, you need um, like ten grand or something lying around to do it. But I can't remember because it's a long time since I read that quest definition, like three years. So yeah. Well, um, I got stuff to do now. It sounds like damn. Yeah, yeah, and that's the beginning. That's where you can start doing research as at the inner star base. 
and yeah, and your heavy manufacturing. That's where you build ships initially and your own modules and customize your ship and things like that. That's also where you can spray paint your ship, any color scheme you like, like pink leopard print, if that's what you so choose, or if you just like annoying everyone like I do. Now, I wanted to ask you about something. You uh, have since released, because the game is $20 on Steam, and that includes a few months of premium access, I believe? Yeah, it includes three months. So it's basically, if, you, if you're if not hooked in three months, then you can let it lapse, and you can come back later. That's 10 bucks for three months after that, so it's not exactly the world's most expensive game, but no, that's a totally, good way for us totally. to run it. Um, but, but sorry, what I was asking is about the big ships you have been you sold. There's a couple of ships that are like there's there's a ninety dollars ship, I think. Yeah, that's basically those ships. They're not good value, and it, I think it even says on the description, "Don't buy this." <laughs> they're basically if you want to support us to develop the game more, we put a hundred percent of the money from that towards further development. At the moment, we're putting a hundred percent of everything towards further further development, but it'll always be the case with those. They do give you a bit of a hand up. So one of them is this neat little ship that you can attach to any ship and it makes that ship like a carrier for that little ship. That's the Hawk. Um, And that's handy for flying out to, say, your colonies in a big ship and then undocking your Hawk and flying around and doing a bunch of planning and and things you need a, a fast, maneuverable ship for and then docking again with the big ship and flying away. And the other one's just a great big freighter. It's useless for combat, but it just it carries a lot of cargo. It's not the biggest ship in the game, but it's it's very big. And that if you just like if you not a you don't want to work your way up, most people do. I certainly would, but if you don't want to, that is a way where you can skip several levels of ships by just buying that one. And that that helps us with further development because obviously ninety bucks is a lot of money for a game company that's selling games for 20 bucks. <laughs> right. And uh, how are those selling? Are, are people are people biting on those? Yeah, like uh, there's a certain percentage of players that that will buy one or both of them. So they've been they've been nice for us. Those little yeah, those little DLCs. But they're not required and and they're not overpowered and it's not pay to win in the sense that if you don't have them you're seriously disadvantaged. You can you can buy better ships than those in the game. No, I was got well, I was, I'm sorry. What I was going to say is I like the model. I like the model that you can buy these ships if you want to support the game, but you there's no need to. It's like, yeah. the, total, it's like the total opposite of uh, some other game that I don't want to mention the name of. But it's good if you don't <laughs> mention the name. Oh, God. Oh. God damn it. I don't, I don't want to talk about the other games. Sorry, guys. I got you, allergies really tonight. I got, I got some bad allergies tonight. I apologize. Is there a lot yeah. of pollen over there in, in uh, North Carolina right now? There's a lot of pollen, a lot of, a lot of allergies over there. Ooh, man, I just got that, like, you know, that Chris Roberts cough. I mean, uh, yeah, apologize. Uh. <laughs> No, look, I, I don't. I don't have any problems with their model either. To be to be frank, they're quite open and upfront about it. Hi, Frank. And, <laughs> to be frank, I'll be sorry. Frank. Sorry, I'm done being James. Yeah, and yeah, I just want to play their game. So I hope they they release it some point soon. Um, but yeah, no, I liked the. Um, it's the way we wanted to do it with the DLC. I didn't want it to be something that everyone felt like they had to do it. Um, but it gives people the chance. Everyone can come into the game at 20 bucks, but for the people who get obsessed with it, they've got an option to throw more money at us, basically, and get something worthwhile out of it, or nearly worthwhile in terms of those ships um, in return. 
So it's a good system. They were both originally Kickstarter rewards, actually. So sort of the same concept extended into DLC. It's nice to see that the reviews on Steam are, for the most part, pretty positive. Yeah, we've we've been hovering just under eighty percent positive for a while. Um, it dipped a bit during the quiet period while I was trying to upgrade to Unity five because I didn't add any new features for several months. Um, but I think it's, it's it, the rate of positive reviews has improved since we released, so that's good at least. We have had a few. There's a few trolly ones in there. I don't know what to do about that, but yeah. Like there's one guy that he he wrote a really positive review and then a lot of people said, oh, I found that really friendly and helpful. So they marked it helpful and then he marked it, then he changed it to a negative (laughs) one. So it's, it's now like the first review everyone reads and it's full of lies and stuff. It's really unhelpful. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, I've seen that guy in the uh, in the forums for the game. Very, uh, yeah, very negative. Which yep. it, which must be frustrating, especially some people just want to watch the world burn. Yeah, because especially with this community, I've I've encountered myself nothing but positivity yeah, in this community, uh, which is great. I sort of feel his pain. So he he started off really, really. He was very into the game. And he made a lot of suggestions for it. And I think where he got really disillusioned was when I didn't implement any of the suggestions that he's list gone through. And it's just the fact we can't implement everything. And we just, I just haven't, there's probably going to be some of what he suggested that will get implemented, but yeah, he's just got tired of waiting and well, got all bitter. And, second half of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can just tear no. that list right up. <laughs> No, I, like, I, I am. I'm still interested in in new features to add. I'm just there's a long list. There's a long request list <laughs> to get through. So the next big feature is terraforming. What else do you have in like the near future pipeline beyond terraforming? So I'm about to release the last quest in the industrialist storyline quests, and that does end in giving you terraforming blueprints and off. And off Terraform will go. And that'll be the new mega project at the industrialist end game that the, those guys and girls will jump into and, and start greening up planets that are currently quite uninhabitable that everyone's just got living in habitation domes, environmental domes and stuff. Um, right after that, I'm going to swing straight back into the combat storyline quests. We have, there's probably another six in that storyline that we have voice acting done for. So, and there's a whole story arc for that, for me to just throw in. And we already have, um, with any system where there's trading going on, we also have, sorry, I'm just going to quickly go through this. There's NPC um, traders that are, pilots that players have recruited NPC pilots and just put into a ship that the player owns and told them to go and trade between colony A and B. And wherever they're active, you get NPC pirates popping up. And so currently, like, you and I could go in and go and jump into one of these pirate encounters together and and co-op them. And that's in... But it's embryonic in the sense that all we can do is, like, laser them down together. There isn't much in terms of, um, you know, there aren't missiles or, and there isn't much value in going in and scouting at first. There is a bit of value in it, but I want to add more 
so that it's worthwhile jumping in in your stealth cloaked ship and going, hey, this guy's got really strong armor and this guy's got a really powerful laser and stuff like that. So that will get some development. It'll get some love because um, combat's been – it hasn't progressed in a couple of months now because I've just been on this this charge to get the last of the industrialist quests in and, and go to terraforming. So that's where we're up to. And also, I have to say, this, there's going to be a bit of a bug-fixing rampage as well because um, there's a that they've been collecting while I've been buried in the last quest. So Yay, bug fixes. Yay. So there a um, couple of things coming up in the in the chat here. So um, one of the guys was asking about uh, if you would talk about the actual science that you're using in the game, like the domes and programming them. And uh, you know, there's a he says there's an incredible amount of info within the game that's near realism. Yeah, so there's a few there's a few areas where we touch on where I used real science as much as I could to feed into the game, just to make sure it had some consistent, some internally consistent systems. Um, one of them was planet and um, and star system generation. I based that on the astronomical observations we've made about planets so far. Um, and that means that you get star systems that any astronomer would warp into or jump, hyper jump into and look at and go, yeah, this makes sense. But things are about where I expect them to be. Um, and the climate model for the planets actually follows straight on from that. So things like carbon dioxide in the atmosphere does raise the temperature of a planet. Um, and the, the surface temperature is a function of how much radiation it's getting versus how much is radiating back and how much of that's getting reflected back by greenhouse gases and so on and so forth. So, so if, you, things if like, you industrialize the shit out of the planet, do you screw the uh, environment up or what? So at the moment, no one's got to the stage or to the scale where they can alter the environment, and that's really what terraforming's about. We're, we're going to start down that path. Bear in mind, because it's a simulation, planets are very big, most of them, and it's going to take an enormous coordinated effort by a lot of players to terraform even one planet in any direction, basically. So that the yes is the answer there. Because it's a simulated climate, whatever you do to the atmosphere has a real effect. Um, another area is the even just the names of the asteroids basically and their mineral compositions to a, as large an extent as i could if you know what uh you know what a given kind of asteroid would provide in terms of metals and you look at one of those in game and go oh i need iron so i'm going to mine this camasite asteroid it will give you exactly what you expect so there's that side of it with the habitation domes the environmental domes there's a series of commands you can program into those to, to do things like split up a gas, so to split carbon dioxide into carbon and oxygen, and you can vent the excess carbon as free carbon. You can vent any gas, intake any gas from the environment. So if there's, I don't know, nitrogen or perhaps ammonia in the environment, you can intake ammonia and then split it to get nitrogen and get rid of the excess other stuff, hydrogen. So... There's a whole bunch of things you can do with those habitation domes to make the the environment inside them habitable. And once it's in that range, you can start taking colonists to your colony um, and building building structures inside the dome uh, that require a habitable environment. 
Um, so, and that follows, you know, basic chemistry and, you know, temperatures and things like that. So, yeah, there's a bit of science in it. It's, it's, um, and it's internally consistent. So if you, if you have an understanding of very basic chemistry and you, you want to make an environment habitable, you can probably get there off the top of your head if you know the right numbers, um, just by experimenting with a dome. Whereas a lot of other people will just open the wiki page and read the instructions or, or what have you. Depends on where your, your level of interest is. The wiki looks pretty extensive. I'm kind of glancing at it now. How much work has gone into that? And has the community uh, contributed to that, or has it all been you? Or how's no, that, that work? That's it's ninety nine point nine 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 percent community. Basically, I've let the players alter the wiki from the word go. Initially, we we let anyone edit it, but as soon as the spammers came in, we had to add a little gateway there. Um, and that's, it's what you're seeing now is totally a player built system. In addition, the in-game help is actually a section of the wiki. So the in-game help is actually maintained by players as well. So, um, yeah. So when you click on the, the question mark, that actually just is a little stripped down browser that goes to a particular part of the wiki site. So yeah, that's that's all constantly updated. I see updates come through for that most days. So yeah, it is quite comprehensive. It's getting kind of hard to get stuck in the game actually and not know how to do something. The, the wiki's usually got the answer. You were talking earlier about uh, you know it would take like a communal effort to accomplish some of the things in the game. Um, do you have like a guild system in there, or can we can players actually like? make a corporation together and cooperate or is it kind of a single player in a living world with other people? Um, it's a lot more co collaborative than that. Although there aren't systems that specifically facilitate player groups as such, um, it, it's, it is virtually mandatory at beyond a certain level that you do things with other players. So um in order to say if, if if you're dominant in a system and you want to link that system to my system with a Stargate, you can propose it, but I have to approve it. So we do have to have some kind of conversation there. And to build Stargates, for example, that requires – the materials requirements are huge. We have had single players build gates. That has happened. But generally speaking, Stargates, are, jump gates are, are – a community exercise where there's a lot of coordination between players. So how does that work? I mean, is there like a communal bank or something, or you load a station up with a lot of material and hope nobody like buys it out or something, or um, where, where do you collect your resources together? So stargates are, are a combination of common materials built into common or easily con relatively easily constructed major components and common materials like iron and some rare materials that have to be mined by by uh, basically very rare asteroids. So there's often a communal effort to find where those asteroids are hanging out and, and sort of shepherd them uh, because asteroids get larger over time through accretion and then harvest them at the right time and coordinate the, the construction of the more complex components and then anyone can contribute to the construction of a Stargate just by, uh, you know, clicking on it. If you have the right 
or any of the right materials in your cargo holds or within your ship at that time, it will contribute them. So it's not rocket surgery. We do have players setting up all kinds of funky um, sort of logistics systems, you know, star bases nearby where they can temporarily store things. Um, To an extent, they can use the NPC traders to ship large quantities of goods back and forth. If I have two star bases and I tell an NPC trader, to buy, to, to trade between the two and the prices of the various goods are different between them and the, the NPC sees a profit to be made, they will make the trade. So they will effectively ship things back and forth for you. There are limitations. Okay, so the, are those like hirelings that you yeah, so hire you land, on? Yeah, so you land on a, on a colony, go in, get out of your ship, um, navigate through to a um, an entertainment center and there are a bunch of NPCs standing around. And you can have a conversation with one, hire them, and then they become a member of your crew. And later on, you can assign them to one of the free ships you have at any hangar. And beyond, and once you've done that, you can talk to them some more and give them instructions about where to trade and things like that. Oh, what, so, where can I go to actually see this? Because my experience in the game has been like ping pong and back and forth between yeah. like Archimedes and Ceres, and I, and I haven't seen any of the cool stuff yet. So, yeah, is so there a, you, is there a local system that's got all this? Yeah, via the gate system, if you navigate to Prime or New Dawn or any of those, um, there are a lot of colonies in those systems. Some of them will have landing bays that you can jump down into and get out and walk around and have a look. That's pretty goddamn goddamn amazing. That's one thing that, you know, your game has that so many others don't is planetary landings. And, I mean, how how many... Like, how much of a server farm does this game run on? Um, so it, it doesn't actually need a huge uh, server system. I'm an old server administrator uh, from way back, so I've been able to design things such that it doesn't need a massive amount of, of back-end power to get through. And at the same time, it's it's all clustered and quite reliable. I think we're probably probably one of the most reliable MMOs out there. We basically have never been offline in three years. We've had some things not working while other bits are online, but we've never been completely offline at any point in the last three years. I'm pretty proud of that. But um, it does, obviously it requires some server grunt, but I've designed everything such that yeah, it, it only updates what it needs to. It only transmits back and forth what it needs to. If you visit one of my colonies, for example, you're not actually getting that from the server. You're getting that from a cache system that that is, um, uh, I guess, updated when I update my colony. Um, and the only things that are dynamic there are what you see at the stock market or the NPCs you might talk to or things like that. So yeah, I, it I minimizes out, the load on servers. I want to point out, whenever you say whenever you talk to an NPC, you're not kidding, right? So I, I flew over to the ship, and it's like, I'll click on him to open a dialogue, and it actually opens up a blank window, and it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? So I type hi, and he says hi back, and it's like, oh, God, we're playing Zork. We're <laughs> it's yeah. a text adventure. So um, that that's pretty interesting. So you, you got some Eliza going on in these guys. Yeah, to an, uh, to an extent. So, And it's a system that I, I will be expanding as we go along. It's pretty basic right now. They don't understand a lot of different things. Um, but the I've left it 
very open and modular. And basically, we ran over a system um, that we can use server-side that makes it relatively easy for us to interpret a wide variety of variations on a statement or a question that tie them together. So you can you can type WOT space IZ space UR space J-O-B, and it knows you're asking about their occupation. Um, uh, whereas, yeah, previous parses, I would have had to have matched the exact text for all of the things. Now I can do, um, it sounds like that text, and I can do this word means the same as that word and things like that. So it saves a lot of time, and I, I just wanted to explore what it would be like just being able to chat to NPCs in, with a chat window. And yeah, that's as a, because the laser would to the, be a menu system. Yeah, the the, the same way you might have, you might also say, just the the, the typical storyline dialogue trees that that everybody else uses, and, and frankly, I might use the next game. It is a lot yeah, well, of work like, to, in, to get the, to get the chat system working, but now it's there. I'm pretty happy with where where it's begun, and I'm interested in expanding it out as we go along. Well, like uh, in Elite. Right, I would like to be able to do things, uh, simple things like like he used to do in Wing Commander, right? Like he hit C for comms and you know like one for the targeted ship, and then you get a list like you could tell him, you know, like hey, drop your cargo, I'm pirating you, or you know, get out of here or whatever, and you know you don't even have that interaction. So it's it's kind of interesting to be able to actually speak to somebody in here, even if they don't understand like a lot of vocabulary, you, you kind of trial and error, figure out what they can say. The, yeah. the other thing that it reminds me of, did you play star Wars galaxies any? I didn't. I missed that whole, okay. that whole game. Cause I'm, I'm outside the station here and I see like five NPCs that are sitting in their ships and yep. they, they basically are a billboard. Yes. <laughs> some service. Right. And yeah. uh, in star Wars galaxies, people used to do that. They would hire like a C3PO, and he would be standing there at the door and just – he was – they were like a spammer, you know. <laughs> they would just be like, oh, I got Bacta for sale, Bacta for sale, best Bacta, you know. And uh, and he was a vendor. It was a vending machine for right. whatever that was that the crafter guy was making, uh, which which was pretty interesting stuff. Uh, but I just saw these these guys lurking out here, and, I, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, they're all NPCs, and they're all apparently – advertising for something um but but do i actually buy the stuff from them or they're just letting me know somebody has something uh, no, that, at the moment that's just players using the using those npcs effectively as billboards your first guess right, is right yeah. but, but i mean they're, what, they're not, what does the billboard actually telling me here right like the you know it's like join the scci today or or whatever so okay that i guess that's well did you say you, you don't have guild stuff so what what is that that that, I mean, that will be a player guild, and whether they're active right now or not, I'm not sure. But um, there might be. Um, but they um, they're a player organization. There aren't aren't systems that facilitate that hardwired into the game. But obviously, there's there is chat and there's coordination and there's out of band coordination that they use, Steam chat and various voice systems. Um, and there'll be a player organization that, that do whatever they do. And the, some of them focus on building gates and others are about combat and things like that. So, yeah, they're, it's just a group of players at the moment, uh, by the sounds of it. Oh, okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's cool. 
I just, you know, yeah, just because you don't have the actual um, mechanism in place to support it doesn't mean the players aren't going to create it. So yeah, that's, and that's what happened basically. Well before we even intended for it to occur, the players were guilding up basically and forming groups and and cliques <laughs> and accusing yeah, I would, each other of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I I would actually like to see. Um, well, like uh, how Chris Taylor just came out with his off-world trading company, where it's it's basically uh, it's competitive, right? It's an RTS, but you don't actually shoot at each other. You're you're trying to run your business and out-business the other guys, and you can buy their stock up, and you know that that's how you win. Is basically you you uh, do a hostile takeover of the other corporations or, or whatever. Um, but I'm looking here, and it's like, well, you've got a stock market in the game. And if I could form a company and then sell stock in it, you know, or, or like a group of players in, instead of because like Eve Eve Online does the whole player corporation thing, but they don't have a stock market going behind that. And um, there is a share system underlying it, but I don't re- I don't remember there being a stock market where you could trade company shares. Maybe there was. I'm not sure. I can't remember. There's, there's a shares. There's a shares thing for. Players stuff in Eve, yes. Okay, uh, I yeah. just haven't penetrated it enough to actually see that. Yeah, and I, I haven't played Eve it. Since, nobody has ever seen. Yeah, I haven't played Eve since about 08, I think. So I'm a bit out of out of date now, and my memories are a bit hazy. But um, the stock markets in Ascend at the moment are the old school stock markets, as in that you buy and sell cargo, you buy and sell stock, as in mm. stuff. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so we haven't added a corporations system yet, and when we come to do that, I want it to be something that's we've designed and it's unique and it fits what the players are doing and facilitates what they're doing and where they want to go with it. Rather yeah, than, I, I, yeah. I was just thinking, like you know, if you if you had a um, like rivalry but without guns, basically, it's yeah. just like we can out corporation you. You know, because you're competing <laughs> over resources or or whatnot. So, but like, if you're hiring, um, if you hire NPCs to do jobs, right? Can you could I hire an NPC to just run out and mine stuff, and that's just all he does twenty four seven is just go out and and mine up the asteroid fields? Or currently, no, they can't. They can't mine. Um, and the main reason I've done that is that asteroid mining is one of the interactive activities that you can't do without it being interactive. So that puts a limit and I guess a floor under the price of anything you gain from solely from asteroid mining. So there's a big economic, there would be a huge economic impact of being able to automate that, I um, guess, is where, I'm, is where I'm going there. Right, because because if it's on the market, then somebody actually put man hours into acquiring Exactly, it. yeah. And then that, that means that there's a certain value attached to that inevitably, People aren't going to be willing to put in the time if it isn't worth the money. So anything that's solely attainable by asteroid mining has a certain value, and then anything that's rarely attainable via asteroid mining through, you know, various mechanisms. Some asteroids are a rare spawn. Some of them are rare belts, so they're always there, but only one belt in a thousand has this kind of asteroid. So there's a few different mechanisms we use for that, and that makes various kinds of various stages, I guess, of exploration, interesting and valuable. What well, and I like how you have the mechanic that the asteroid belt actually depletes over time, but it will restock. But yeah. you know, people could go mine something out, and then they have to move on. 
for a while at least. Yeah. Um, so when you when you mine an asteroid, it does spawn another one basically shortly after you mine that one. So it is perpetual. But if you constantly mining the same field, then all the asteroids there are, are young. They're the minimum possible size and therefore the minimum possible yield. You are better off having going, you know, moving on. But you can stay where you are if that's what you like doing or if there's you know, you just want to grind out a few more of these things of a particular type or something like that. So how, how does the market in this work? Because in a normal, like I, I had a full cargo hold of stuff, right? I just mined some random asteroids and then I dock and I was expecting that, well, there was just an NPC there and I can just sell this junk, you know, and, and but it's not. So <laughs> d- does that mean I have to put it up on the auction and put a price to it and wait for another human to buy it? No, no, most things that you can buy that you, you can get from asteroid mining, you can sell on an open NPC market, but some things you can't. And most of nearly all of those things you can sell directly to someone's stock market. There'll be someone who's buying it. And the ones that you can't sell to anyone's stock market are ones that you can probably sell to, a, to an NPC market anyway. So you can jump onto the map and just do stock market search and you'll find someone who, who's buying it. Um, you can also, yeah, you can put it up on the galactic market as a particular offer. Like I'm selling 10,000 of these for a hundred each or whatever. And that's another way that you can go about it. Okay. Cause um, I see, I see there's a contract board, but that's like missions that I get, right? That's and, missions. Yeah. Okay. And the, are, those are all, um, like NPC generated or can another currently? Yes. Actually. Yep. Okay. Um, so I could do a sell order, which would be, I have something, I just want to sell it. Right. Yeah. So whenever I do that, though, and the here, feature request, right? Um, so it's item to sell, right? And then I can pick from what I have. But whenever I go into the market and, I, and it's item to buy, I don't get a list. I have to type. So I have to know what I'm looking for. So, yeah. you know, that's I, I, w- I didn't know if there was, like, some discovery to that. But um, but I guess you don't want to tell everybody what's there, right? Because no, it's be not, people don't no, know. Not necessarily. It's just it's set up like that at the moment because – we can literally add anything to the game. Like if I wanted to add teddy bears to the market, it would take me a few minutes server side to do that, if that makes sense. So if I then had to go through the interface for the market and manually add a drop down for teddy bears, if you see what I mean, that would delay the, and and delay and complicate the introduction. What would be possible would be a sort of a summary drop down of everything that's available on the market, but that would get quite big. Because there are there is a huge variety of stuff that you can buy and sell on the market, as as the, even as it is even without teddy bears. So mm, um, I think we're gonna about. need we're gonna actually need the teddy bears in here. There has to be use for teddy bears in space. You space call it like teddy bears, bar- baritonium. Yeah, and that's what teddy bears are made from is baritonium. More. Um, so the. The thing that I look at here, though, is like if I'm going to sell something, like I'm selling silicon, and then the quantity I can set, whatever, and then price per unit. Well, it starts with a one, and this this is a problem that I've had in many, many MMOs, is I have no idea in this screen, well, what is it actually selling for in the market? Like what's what's the median price on this thing? Not a clue. Yeah. Um, so it would almost be like if it would suggest the the price by just – scouting the market in the background and just say, okay, well, these things are selling for about 10 each. So 
uh, and it would just suggest like, okay, here's the base price. And then if I want to undercut it, I could just subtract one or two off of that or, or I could bump it up or, or whichever. Yeah, if I recall, Eve does a similar thing to that. It gives you what it calls the Donchian channel, which I think is an economic term of the high and low buy prices in the last 30 days for that given good. And that would probably be the ideal thing to display there. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah, because they actually do it with a graph and you see the trending and and whatnot. I would just like to know, like, what what else, who else has it on the market and for how much? Like, yeah, right now, even if it's just in this station or or whatever. But um, so I've got this stuff, right? And it's in my storage. And then, okay, so then I see local market. But the local market is a little confusing to me because this is like in Elite, right? I dock and there's, here's stuff. This is what we got. And so, but this is the only stuff that they sell, right? At this particular station, like I could, well, there's zero silicone. Uh, they would be 210 if there was any here, but there's nothing. Right? Yeah, so that, the only thing they're selling that. is iron. Yeah, and that's each of the inner star systems of the eight inner star systems. That they have one resource they sell and they buy everything else, and that's yeah, basically. You know, within the story of the game, all the trade okay. systems have collapsed, and the players are the only ones who can still control ships. So, well, each okay. of those eight systems is basically an, an island that can produce one resource but demands seven more. So, hmm. yeah. So there's so there's not enough supply to have it sitting at the store because everything gets used as soon as it's produced. Yeah, it's, a, so. it's all in demand. So, so I mean, you can, so you how can do sell I, your silicon there. How do I sell it? That that's um, where I'm at. So uh, because I I saw where okay I can do a sell order, but that's to put it up for sale for other players. I just wanted to take it out market, of storage. It should, and, it should have a, a um. Is it in storage or is it in ship? Local it's market in storage. Trades, oh, okay, well, local market trades with your um your cargo. So if you have it in your cargo, you can just sell straight onto the local market. So you could uh, mine okay. an asteroid yep, there it is. dock, and then immediately you can sell. Gotcha. All right, because yeah. the the other thing for putting it on a sell order, it had to be in the in storage. So yeah. I just thought, well, in order to transact, I have to unload it first. All right, yeah. so that that makes sense. But yeah. they they don't seem to necessarily want everything that I have, right? So they only have what the what what's listed is the only thing they're buying. Yeah, so they won't um they won't buy if they if they're selling iron there they won't be buying it because they they obviously have a surplus and for the more complicated stuff that players want to build ships and so on they, they won't be demanding that at any of these inner systems because they don't have a use for ships they actually have surplus ships so yeah they don't buy everything at those places but most things if you if you do go into the map and do a stock market search there'll be a player that's looking for anything that you can't find an npc willing to buy Oh, cool. So, what what are the players doing with that? Then they, you know, of course, like building the gates and building the colonies and and that. But yeah. is there is there things beyond that, or that's actually the consumption of resources generally goes into those projects? Generally goes into those or construction of ships. So ships and modules. So ships, modules, jump gates, outer star bases, and colonies. They they're your basic. They're the things that players spend resources on. Okay, so if I buy a ship and then I get killed in it, have I lost the ship? No, so okay. the the death penalty in this game is basically you get um, emergency jumped to Ceres in the instant before the final blow is struck. So 
you don't in fact die you you survive oh, okay so yeah wh- how do you have attrition then like what what's the need for me let's say i'm i want to get into the business of producing ships am i only going to make ships just for myself or am i going to like make ships and sell them on the market then um there you tend to see a surplus in the um the lower class ships the early ones um Although there is a market for those, we do have newbies coming into the game constantly. The most in-demand ships are always the highest class that's currently available, which is at the moment a, a big heavy cruiser. So and why would I ever need more than one? I guess if I'm going to hire NPCs with it or what? Because I can't get yeah. it destroyed. Yes, there's the um, hiring NPCs, but also um, the ships are, are unique in the way they handle and the, the various things that they can do and the advantages they have. So you don't always want the biggest ship. The biggest ship is a pain to mine with, although a lot of players do mine with it. But um, I'm never going to need more than one because at any given I can't time, lose it. Yeah. I mean, you can only pilot one one at a time, but yeah, mm. you, you will well, want I mean, I mean, let's say, let's say I get one of each type but yeah. I don't need more than one of each type. Because, no, probably not. Yeah. Although yeah. you might want one of each. It. Well, uh, there's a few things there. There's you, you might have three of the, the largest ship because you might use one just for hauling and you'll have that set up differently from your miner, which is set up differently perhaps from your the one you use for exploration and one you use for um, combat. And So you might have several different setups all in the same oh, okay. ship class. Sense. You might also, you may also obviously, you know, have NPCs and NPC pilots. And in fact, if you've got a bunch of class 14 ships, you probably do have a bunch of NPCs flying most of them. Um, yeah, so there's there's a few reasons you'd want to, you'd want several of, of a given class. Okay. So uh, I'm seeing a mission here that's like coordinates for Iraq in series space for sale. Yeah. So if I had enough money, I could buy that. And then I'm going to get... Uh, what my autopilot will just inherit the coordinates and I can say go there or do I have to hunt for it? Okay. Um, You'll you'll go there, but it's an approximate for Rex. They only know that they're approximate last position. So you'd need to find it on the radar. If you notice on the, on your radar, there's a little arrow next to it that expands it out. And if you go into first person mode, that will show your ship very precisely relative to anything that your radar picks up around you and a wreck will show up somewhere in that sphere and you need to get closer to it and wrecks say how you get um the fragments of old lost technology so things like ship hulls and and various the various components required to build a ship of which there are quite a few there's like 13 standard components before you can undock if that makes sense so, uh, like, how many ships are there in the game that you can play? I, I've seen, like, maybe about a dozen in the various shipyards, but how many, besides the two you can buy on Steam, how many are there that you can that you can buy in the game? So there are 14 classes of ships, and some of the classes have more than one. So the classes are basically sizes, and some of the classes have more than one ship available in that class. Like, there's a class 10, or we ended up making that 11, a class 11 carrier. Um as well as the class 11 destroyer which is a just the standard ship of that of that class so and yeah so there's there's quite a few now i think that adds up to 17 or something and we add we add a new one every couple of months every couple of months we add a new class and and that's obviously a new it comes with a new, that's a new ship double the size of the last one 
so I think I'm out of questions. What about you guys? Oh, I could do this all night. <laughs> yeah, right. But we, sh- but we shouldn't. This is. A- <laughs> I know because I got to play Warhammer. It's also yeah. an inter- it's also an interview, not a tutorial. Oh, that I, I know, right? But we should, you know. Okay, so here's here's a thought. I'm gonna I'm gonna let this out of the bag because it's something I've been thinking about for a while. Okay. What about because I suck at games? I suck at most games. There's maybe one or two I'm actually pretty decent at, but I like them. I just never really get to the point where I feel like I mastered it, right? And you know, yeah, I could go to Game Facts and and read the tutorial and try to figure out, you know, walk through stuff and that. But how cool is it whenever we get a developer that could spend an hour actually like getting us on our feet and in, in playing something or or discussing like here's how to beat my game, right? <laughs> like it, like if we got a chance to play with uh, with Chris and we play Off World Trading Company, which we all suck at. And then oh, they yeah. could just be like, oh, here, here's how it's done. This is what well, I was thinking when I did this. Well, then, here's here's my question, James. Would you be willing to come back maybe within the next couple of weeks on a, like a Thursday night or Friday morning for you and like maybe talk about the game some more, but like we'll play it while we're talking to you? Yeah, I'd, I'd totally be willing to do that. Um, maybe that's might, what we'll do. If we give the the existing player base a bit of warning we could have them fire a few questions while we're at it that they okay, usually yeah. like to do that we've done a few little um or a little podcast of our, of our own just to keep them updated here and there and they like they did like those so just yeah they'd be we could do a mix and match that makes sense that sounds good to me i think we'll arrange that uh, offline when we're not uh, broadcasting but yeah we should definitely do that i think i think that'd be a lot of fun i think there's interest for that well, do you yep. have a do you have a um, some sort of a player grouping ability where uh, you know we we could say like okay the like the four of us are flying together and then we see where each other is on the map at, at all or any way to track or is it just like saying okay I'm at this station meet me there <laughs> very much be at the moment yeah I'm, I'm uh, okay. over here let's let's go and jump into this thing now <laughs> okay because um, maybe an easy feature request to do is. Uh, if you could actually join a, a, a quote group, right, like a wing, and then one of the people is is the leader, and wherever they jump, everybody else jumps too, and that yeah, way they so could just take the group around. But then that opens you to botting too, right? So I don't know. If that's uh, probably a problem. it shouldn't be. Possibly, probably not, because it's really hard to run two copies of the client on the same computer because they cross talk. Um, yeah, look, uh, we might d- end up implementing something like that for the multiplayer combat. As I say, I'm, I'm going to go back into that soon. So we'll see how that fans out. At the moment, not a huge number of players are jumping into you know multiplayer co-op combat um, encounters together. But as that expands out, I would expect there'd be a bit more bit of demand for, for features like that. Yeah, and it, and it could be like if you... Depending on how big the group size is, if it's just a list of names and you don't have to show a lot of info for for them, um, then you could say like, "Well, we're going to put like I don't know how many people you can handle in a system at one time, but you know, let's put a hundred people in a group and we'll just jump around like a big herd, and uh, you know, or whatever." Yeah. All right, I'm I'm actually writing you an email, James, right now, so we'll arrange this because it sounds like it could be a lot of fun. Can do. Yep. All right. Well, folks, uh, so many of you showed up. I want to thank you so much 
for um, for showing up and making the chat as uh, as active as it is. And uh, I've yeah, I uh, I was going to do this offline, but why the hell not? So I've uh, run a little random like chooser thing. And I've decided who's going to get the two keys for the game. It's going to be Chris Holmes. You're getting one. And Elysian, you're also getting one. So most of the people in here already had the game. So you were disqualified. But there were a few people here who didn't have the game. And so you're getting a Steam key <laughs> for Dude, the game. Dell. What? Said, dude, you're getting a Dell. Oh God! She's, she's going to come to your house and sing to you all night long. I forgot all about those, those, those terrible, terrible, um, terrible commercials. Oh, uh, a Dell, not a Dell. Gotcha. Yeah. Jesus oh, Christ! Oh God, that's I thought. Uh... <laughs> Oof. So both of you guys stick around after the chat, after the stream goes offline. I'm going to ping your. I'm going to. Uh, so I can click on your names in the chat and send you YouTube messages. So uh, I can send you a Steam key each. And uh, everyone else? And, and guys, yeah, the, the two of you who won the, the game, be active in the chat. Don't, don't be like me. Don't be like me and be a lurker. I've been just a lurker. But now I'm going to be much more active in the chat. So guys, everyone, this is Ascent, the space game. And oh, my God. James, everyone's like, go back to work, James, making this game. Stop chatting to these assholes. <laughs> you know, I, just had a, I had a random <laughs> terrible thought. That, so uh, with the NPCs being able to parse text and stuff, so if those are if those are hooked up like an IRC bot where they can actually learn and people can teach them things, then I could actually tell my NPCs, like, these, these are the things that you say, right? Like, if somebody says this, say that, or, or whatever. Um but if they learn from from like listening to the chat room, <laughs> like if the NPCs are watching the chat too, then it could it could be horrible, like that Microsoft yeah. thing that they turned loose on Twitter and then everybody corrupted it. Like, <laughs> I can't believe they found that surprising. That that to me that's amazing. I can't believe they did it a second time. That's wow. that's what's amazing is that's, why did you do it twice? Special. Yeah, no, I know. That, that's a good example of something I'm not going to do. <laughs> but yeah, over time, you, the NPC chat function will become smarter over time. So over time, they'll be able to understand and, and respond to a wider variety of things, and it'll become a bit more natural, mm. I think. Well, it's, I, th I just think like if I own the, the NPC, then I could actually teach it things. Like nobody else can, but... But, you know, that that would be kind of interesting because then people could have like a conversation with my robot. Yeah. Which would be very different from anybody else. <laughs> but then again, I could teach it vulgar things and, you know, asking yeah. penises. And... Look, it's not a, it's not outside the realms. Um, I don't have any learning algorithms on them at the moment because, well, for that very reason, that and it's a lot of work just to have to have another thing we have to run in and censor every now and then when a 13-year-old gets hold of it and thinks it's funny to put ASCII penises and so on. But, yeah, I, yeah, I'll look, I'm open to it. I, it was an experimental feature, and I'm, I'm surprised it's, it's sort of got as far as it has, to be honest. Um, I was picturing, you know, I'd get a few weeks into it and then go, no, we're going straight back to dialogue trees. This, this is ridiculous. But, mm. yeah, no, I, I think um, there's a lot of potential for it. 
And I, I like the, the the feeling of um, just communicating with them directly like that. It, it's a little bit more immersive for me than a dialogue tree. Right. Oh, that's cool. All right, well, uh, we got to let Brian go. He's going to turn into a uh, we got to just wrap it up. We've been talking almost two hours. We don't want to, you know, kill everyone. I mean, it's late for everyone. Well, it's early for you, um, James, because it's like, what, about noon now in uh, Australia, I'm guessing? But, you yeah, know, it's getting, it's getting late for me. I eat dinner and all that malarkey. But I want to thank you for coming back on, talking about your now out-of-early-access game, Ascent, Ascent the, uh, the Space Game, which I still love the title of that. Uh, so, folks, Ascent, the space game, is on Steam. It is $20 for the base game, and you get three months of premium access for that. Um, and so uh, what's coming up? So Thursday, it looks like, according to the poll, I'm going to be playing Starbound. Unless something drastically changes, I'm going to be playing Starbound on Thursday. And I'm still then holding out for X-Wing Alliance. I'm holding out. <laughs> you <laughs> do you want to come play on my server? I will. If, if, the, if it wins, yeah, I'll talk to you about that. And uh, – I like this, like, choose your misfortune that you're playing, like, it's, every week. Is, it's actually is, kind of fun. I'm enjoying it. We have uh, some, we have trolls that are choosing sh- crap games, and we like have people spin that, the wheel of pain. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> and and I am here I am here to always play what you don't want to. I play it so you don't have to. Um, so uh, next week, we're going to have the developer of Falling Stars War of Empires on. So that should be fun because that game kind of has gone through a couple of interesting changes. Yeah, uh, I, I like that it looks like a streamlined board game, which that, that, is it does. Of great interest to me because well, you remember when we tried to play uh, um, Galsiv three, right? And uh, that like playing an, uh, uh, a four X game that has a lot of grindy, like next turn, next turn, next turn, next turn. Whenever you have multiple people, oh, right. God, it's miserable. So and there's this always that one guy who takes an hour with his turn. He's like, I'm fixing up my economy. And it's like, come on, man. Hit next turn. Yeah, which, which Stellaris is supposed to be the cure for because it's real time, right? So right. it's just like, well, go AFK. We dare you. So... <laughs> But yeah, this this would be cool if like every single turn you do something that's very meaningful rather than just next, next, next and wait for shit to happen. So um, I'm going to check that out because right, I, I just got a hold of it today. Thanks to Brian. But I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. It looks very appealing. We'll find out. I think you'll like it. I've played a little of it and I think I think you will like it. So, folks, thank you so much. For watching now, uh, last thing, James, where can people find you online on Twitter and Facebook and all that? Um, uh, yeah, so we do have a Facebook um, Facebook thing, but I'm easiest to, to find on the forums usually or in-game. I'm in-game a fair bit depending on what I'm doing. A lot of the time I'm on the test server, obviously, but if I'm bringing something live, like it will be soon, um, then I'm available in-game chat and otherwise on the forums, which is forums.thespacegame.com if I recall. We have a look. Yes, that is what it is called. Right. All right. Well, that sounds awesome. Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening, and we will see you next week. Uh, James and I, thank you, as always, for being awesome co-hosts. Have a great night, everyone. Bye. Let's have some music in here, Boiler. Sure thing.
Jazz. 